1: Welcome to my 497th ever show of all around sports. Where each Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call in number is 1-866-472-5788. Or you can email me at iir at which comes to me through my website at www. IIR sports, one word, dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. Well my highlight of the week was covering the Pelicans Women's Championship, LPGA. In nearby Bel Air, Florida, a town that's beside the Gulf of Mexico and not far outside of Tampa. Nellie Corda defended her title, which she won last year and exactly a year ago yesterday. Uh, but she defended her title with a perfectly played final round of 64, uh, getting back in the LPGA winner's circle after overcoming a blood clot earlier this year. So she was emotional and uh, first class individual as she accepted the trophy on the 18th green last evening and uh, gave a very nice speech and all the appropriate thank yous. So Nellie Corda, very impressive. So it was a great week. I was up there most every day, uh, but not every day because uh, we had a what I'll call a mini hurricane. It was classified as a tropical storm last Thursday, which was supposed to be the first day of the tournament. Um, so the media relations people in conjunction with the meteorologists, made the very intelligent decision to just cancel it. Uh, and it turned in from a 72 hole to a 54 hole, but it was the right decision. There's no way uh, anybody was golfing that day, or even pretty much leaving their house. It was a it, it wasn't hurricaneian by any stretch of the imagination, but it was pretty significant, and uh, not a day to be out on the roads or even out of the house at all. So again, uh, kudos to the media relations staff uh and the and pelican country club in general for just canceling it for that day thereby not causing anybody to have to make unnecessary trips out there that day only to have it canceled once you got there and the weather was a reality so again i could not have been more impressive in how they uh how they handled it and that Fed into what turned out to be just a beautiful weekend uh, and huge crowds, uh, spectacular course. You know, I walked all over the course, given that I was there five or six days, and it was just first class event. Uh, The LPGA is really, uh, you know, a very impressive organization. I mean, the golfers are just fantastic. Their skill level could not have been more impressed there, and just the whole way everything was handled. Uh, shout out to uh, everybody, everybody there who uh, you know just put on such a good tournament. Especially Jeremy Friedman, uh, the media relations director, and his staff for just. Uh, Doing a great job interacting with the media, but again, none greater than <clears throat> working with all the Pelican authorities, meteorologists who, again, just cancel Thursday. And uh, it didn't affect or in any way diminish the tournament at all. In fact, everybody uh, was just thankful that it was just taken right off the table. And again, it was a pretty crazy day, I must say, the weather. Um So great week. Can't speak highly enough of everything that surrounded the entire week. Um, And it was just something I looked forward to and enjoyed every single day. Uh, But my bizarre story of the week as we move over to our typical beginnings, which is NFL football from yesterday. My bizarre story of the week is Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, fumbling a kneel down to end the game fumbling it in the end zone uh, bad exchange with the center and the Minnesota Vikings recovered and took the lead we're talking a couple seconds left here and this is after the Bills had stopped the Vikings basically at their one-inch line and I just couldn't believe what I seen saw. I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like that before. Uh, you know, a fumble in the end zone on a kneel down. And it's recovered by the opposing team in the end zone for, at the time, it seemed like an apparent victory. But Buffalo, to the credit, it went right down the field, got a field goal. And then it went into overtime where the Vikings ultimately prevailed. And uh, so game of the year. There is no question, instant classic, whatever term you want to use. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Um, And it was just riveting, riveting football to say the least. Um, So, yeah, yeah, um, just a classic. And here we now have the Vikings, uh, you know, right behind the undefeated Eagles uh, with a sparkling 8-1 record. And uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, sure look good to me. He undergoes a lot of uh, criticism, to say the least. But uh, And the Vikings are just, you know, got that legitimate victory they so desperately needed over a good team on the road uh, yesterday. And uh, just a, a fabulous, fabulous game to watch. Um, other NFL uh, stories of note from yesterday, Tampa Bay Bucks beat the Seahawks in Munich, Germany. It felt and looked like a Super Bowl. It was great to wake up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Well, I was up long before that, but to tune in the TV at 9.30 a.m. to live football from Munich, first ever game in Germany for the NFL. And again, it was a spectacle, to put it mildly, fans, cheering, and then singing like they do at all European soccer games, country roads. Uh, um, it was just epic. It really was. Uh, Sweet Caroline. Um, of course, they're wearing the thing in Europe as they wear all the NFL jerseys. You will see all 32 teams at Wembley in London or uh, Germany, and I'm sure in Mexico as well. And it's really cool. Um and most importantly, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucks look like the team we remember from the last two years, not the team that has been stumbling around since the opening went over uh the Cowboys. And it was the Rams drive, the thirty-five seconds down the field with no timeouts from last Sunday, where they pulled out a victory. Uh, victory from pulled out victory from the jaws of defeat. And let's take our break. And next up is our call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Inglehart, racing's regular
1: guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in.
0: Planning for college? channel. Pacific Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com.
2: Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
3: Hey, doing well, John. Thank you for having me on the
1: show. Thank you, as always, for joining us. And AP, another interesting weekend of college football. And why don't we just start right at the top, basically, with, uh, well, not at the top, but at uh, at the four spot, uh, which would be TCU, Texas Christian University, shutting out Texas, meaning they did not score an offensive touchdown. They did get a scoop and score. But, uh, TCU, like the Vikings yesterday, uh, you know they they needed a big victory to uh, you know elevate themselves in their number four ranking, and and they got it. Uh, College Game Day was there. It's Austin, Texas. It's the big dog in the state of Texas, and they went in there and uh, the defense dominated, offense did enough, and beat Longhorns, so pretty impressive AP. uh, Nice to see TCU again just uh, earn that number four ranking that they got last week from the college football playoff committee.
3: John, you hold uh, a team to 199 yards total offense, uh, 28 yards rushing, and they have some pretty good runners on that side uh, for the Longhorns. I mean, Robinson and Johnson, you know, 29 yards and 14 yards, and of course their quarterback they sack is minus 15 yards. Um, I mean, that's a spectacular defensive effort by TCU, and I don't think they're noted for their defense. But correct, I think you know, and that's in Austin, Texas. That wasn't in Fort Worth, so that that's a tr- tremendous effort.
1: Impressive, to say the least. I've been to the stadium, AP, not for a game, but just been in Austin once or twice. Walked by Daryl K. Royal Stadium. It's impressive. It's 100,000-plus. Again, college game day was there, so they were uh, getting ready from early in the morning till the night game, which was like 7.30 Eastern time, so they had all day in (laughs) Austin to get ready and... (laughs) Let's just say they know how to get ready in Austin. (laughs) uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, they do.
3: And, John, one for 13
1: on third down for Texas. I know. These are just impressive stats for the defense. Again, you know, they have an excellent quarterback. Good story there for TCU. And he had a great game until, you know, he he fumbled. And they got the scoop and score to at least – draw it close, but right. the defense held yet again. It uh, didn't matter in the end. But anyway, uh, yes, the defense just – they put on a show. They dominated the game, to put it mildly. And uh, again, you know, TCU has been on the fringes, went to the Rose Bowl. where You know, coach was Gary Patterson for a while. Now it's Sunny Dykes. And, you know, they just showed themselves – showed the country that they belonged. They're legitimate. Um, and, of course, they have every reason to believe they will hold that number four ranking. And, uh, you know, it's a good story. I like it. I've been to Fort Worth, and uh, I just think it's just an excellent story. Uh, I think college football playoff is better off with, uh, shall we say, a new, a, a new team. At least one new team every year. Last year it was Cincinnati. And and I just think it's better served when there's like a, you know a, a surprise team kind of shows up uh, in the playoff every year, and TCU looks to be that team at this point, right? AP.
3: Yeah, I mean, John, they they have a, a pretty good path to the college football playoff. They might play yep. possibly in Texas again, or I think that's a pretty tight race over there for the second place. So uh, they have to. Um, I, I believe. I believe the other games on the schedule. Uh, Baylor. I think that's that's pretty on the tricky schedule. Yeah, not a gimme. And, uh, that you're right. No, not a gimme. Even though Baylor uh, took a pretty good beating the other day, I believe. But yeah, right. they have to travel to Baylor, and then they'll host Iowa State before the Big 12 championship game. So. You can escape Baylor, which is right there in Waco, going not very far from Fort Worth. So they'll have a good fan base there, I'm sure. No doubt uh, at the ball game. So, but yeah, Baylor. I mean, uh, Baylor right now, you know, six and four, four and three in the conference. And like I said, their last game, uh, Kansas State just put it on them, uh, and that that was a home game, John. Thirty-one to three, they lost.
1: I was surprised Baylor. by that result, uh, and it just what it told me right off the bat. AP is, you know, Kansas State and Kansas for that matter. Both schools are having for them fabulous years, and they're both better than I realized.
3: Yeah.
1: you know, they've yeah, all, both teams each had some Baylor, big victories. Actually, John, yeah. yeah, John, both teams beat Baylor. You know,
3: Kansas beat Baylor uh, 20, 35 to twenty-three at Baylor, and then Kansas State thirty-one to three. <clears throat> exactly. Oh so, no, yeah. no! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, they beat they beat Kansas, but they lost to Kansas State. I'm sorry. I was, I was looking at something else. But yeah, they beat Kansas 35, 23 at home, but they lost to Kansas State this
1: past week. In which,
3: you know, to get beat at home is one thing. To get beat 31 to three, Baylor at this juncture,
1: right? That's odd. That's odd. It, it, quite odd. No, that 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 score got my attention. I was just surprised to see that that's Baylor's good. quality program had their ups and downs, obviously, but you know. Uh, again, they've been, uh, you know, in the mix, shall we say for the big 12 for a number of years now, dating back to like RG three and whatnot. Uh, so yeah. And, uh, AP, another game and note that I know is of great interest to you, of course, was Alabama, uh, went into Oxford and beat Ole Miss. Nick Saban beat Lane Kiffin. Good game. Really good game. And Bryce Young continues to, uh, you know, show his magic. He he is really impressive the more I see him. He, he is a guy you cannot count out of any game, which is, in my mind, the nicest thing no. you can say about any athlete.
3: Right. Yeah, John, if Alabama did not have Bryce Young, this season they could have, I'm thinking, four losses probably, something like that. I mean, the Texas right. game for one, uh, you know, that could have happened. Uh, heck, even the A&M game at home, they didn't play well. And So, yeah, they could have some losses there, John, but if Bryce Young wasn't on the team because he's he's pretty uh, tough to stop, especially when he has the ball and needing to score points at, in the fourth quarter. He's been pretty good uh, during that uh, part of the ball game. Yeah,
1: he's, you know, you know I've really gotten to, know his game a little better he, he's great on the run I mean he's just fantastic uh he has the ability to run but more importantly uh, to me or what I really have noticed this year is you know I think he threw a pass the other day kind of back across the field against the grain and uh you know I've seen him do just a lot of things uh on the run with this passing game and He's impressive. I mean, he won the Heisman Trophy. Of course, he's impressive. But, uh, you know, the more I see him, the more I think, boy, he is uh, he's next level. I think he's going to uh, do well. I think he might follow Jalen Hertz's uh, lead into the NFL and do some great things there, too.
3: Yeah, he could. He's accurate. He's he's very slight, though. He's not not big, but that is correct. Um, there's that is some correct. some quarterbacks in the in the league that have been successful, in not being the the, the the height has been an issue. You know, Drew Brees, right. of course. I mean, I'm not com- saying that he's Drew Brees, but I'm saying the people who have succeeded being between let's say five ten
1: and six one. Correct. Exactly. Yes, it could be an issue, but you know. Uh, Special, talented players typically overcome that. And if ever there was one that I I could see is doing that, it's Bryce Young. So, again, I've really come around to his game. Um, And, you know, but that was a big victory. You know, Lane Kiffin has to be frustrated. Uh, um, You you know, he showed a little bit of it on the sidelines. It felt like this was the year. They beaten Alabama in recent years before, but... It just felt like they had a really good shot, but didn't quite work out.
3: Yeah, John. I mean, Alabama surrendered 191 rushing yards, uh, and I think it was uh, 130, 135 to to Judkins, the freshman freshman from from Pike County, Alabama, Pike Road. Okay. So, uh, you know, he's he's probably the freshman in the year in the conference, and he's somebody that. Nick Saban mentioned that he, if he had to reconsider, he would like, he would like him on his roster. But uh, they, they uh, didn't evaluate him properly. But, man, he, he's, he's at Ole Miss now over 1,000 yards, and he had 25 carries, 135 yards, 5.4 average with two touchdowns. So he's going to be a good ball player for quite a while.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting admission for Nick Saban. Not the kind of thing he typically says. It so it speaks no, volumes. No, it's not. Fact, yeah. Not at all. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, so he had the
3: 109, uh, you know, 135 of the 191. And then uh, at wide receiver, Malik Heath, he had 123 yards on, uh, you know, catching the ball for Ole Miss on um, six receptions. So Alabama, they were down double digits. First half, down double digits, second half, and they came back to win. So that was a nice victory to a highly ranked Ole Miss team.
1: Very nice. Yes, exactly. Ole Miss is having a good season. So, no, that was an important victory for Alabama. And, uh, But, yeah, because Ole Miss is, again, having a solid, solid season, to say the least. Well, AP, uh, we're at the end of our first segment together great job as always and as always we still certainly have a lot more college football to discuss which we'll do on the other side so don't go anywhere
2: America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. It's an outdoor road trip this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We're stopping for cold weather catfish, upland hunting, awesome firearms, and the best off-road trails imaginable. Joining the boys' cat daddy, Devin Coleman from the Gunfather Restorations, Mitch Petrie of Outdoor Sportsman Group, and Ford Motor Company's Stephen Lee. The Revolution is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on the Voice
1: America Variety Channel. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And, A.P., we spent the previous segment talking about uh, the TCU beating Texas and Alabama beating Ole Miss. But there were some other big games as well. And probably most notably, uh, Washington, as in the Huskies, uh, took out the Ducks of Oregon. And Oregon had been playing well since getting blown out to start the season down in Atlanta versus defending national championship champion Georgia. And AP... uh, just a shocking finish and you were a shocking result to that game. I mean, 37, 34 was the final and the ducks were flying high, but, uh, their college football playoff hopes are over as a result of that loss. Um, too bad. I've always liked the ducks. They're fun team to watch. And, uh, but it's not going to happen for them this year after that upset loss in Oregon, no less.
3: No, John, I mean, that ball game, uh, Oregon's playing at home. And right. you're pushing, making that push for the college football playoffs, and you're playing one of your rivals. Washington's a big rival between yep. those two states, and they can't stop Pennix, the, the transfer from Indiana, the
1: quarterback, goes for Correct.
3: 408 yards.
1: He Had sure did a AP and...
3: night. Couple, couple touchdowns and one interception.
1: Yes, and as a as a Penn State fan. Uh... I certainly remember him well from the right. famous opening game loss a few years back when Indiana took out Penn State and Pennix uh, had the really famous play of you know diving for the pylon and it was very controversial and review, uh, the whole bit. Uh, was it or was it not a touchdown? And that right. basically torpedoed the whole season. For Penn State, I think they might have literally started zero and five, if I remember correctly, and then they, I think they won their last five, whatever. But no, no Penn State fan, it was like bringing back a a bad dream. AP, the the minute I saw his name, I was like, oh, him again.
3: Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Oh, it's him tormenting somebody. Yeah, but (laughs) you know they just couldn't stop him. They had a couple receivers uh McMillan 122 yards and then Polk was 95 so you have two receivers uh you could say 100 yards apiece and they just couldn't contend with that passing game uh and and, you know they scored plenty of points Oregon 34 Bo Nicks and I mean uh, that's playing up to win a ball game but you got to have to play some defense
1: exactly exactly well, you know, start with the fact that Washington's a quality program, the Huskies, they've, you know, yeah. they've made it, they've won, we in the college football playoff. They won some Pac-12 championships, Rose Bowls, the whole bit. So this is not, you know, this is a quality program. So it wasn't, you know, but nobody gave much of a chance, given the way Oregon's been playing since that opening game. And, you know, Oregon had everything to play for. And, uh... But, you, you, you know, Washington just came in and really one of the more sh- surprising results of the season. Because I, I think, yeah, you know, Washington is not having their best year like previous teams. Yeah. But that
3: no, way. no. And, John, I would say this, that statistics in this era of football offensively are certainly deceiving. Yes. Bonex throws for 279, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Running backs, 149 and 106 yards. Your, your two running backs, Irving and, and Whittington, and then you have a receiver with 139 yards. You're thinking, "My goodness, we had success at, with the wide receiver, the two running backs over 100 yards, the quarterback, a couple of touchdowns, almost 300 yards." We and we lose the game.
1: Correct. Exactly. Yes. Um, you, you, and you said it perfectly. You, you know, they scored 34 points. Uh, but they gave up 37, and that was that. So uh, USC and UCLA are still breathing as far as maybe the potential if things break right to get in the college football playoff. Uh, they're certainly not there yet. By any means, they're not even close, but it could happen.
3: No, no. no. Yeah, John, what happened, uh, actually, the late ball game, late ball game on uh, Saturday night, UCLA was upset by Arizona. Right, and so that's 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 their second loss. So oh. that kind of knocked them out. That kind of knocked them out. Um, okay. They were upset by Arizona at home in Pasadena. Close ball game. They had a chance at the end, but the fourth I think it was the fourth down pass, I believe it was went air in the end zone. It was real close, but uh, the quarterback scrambled and threw to, to the right side of the end zone in the back, and just threw it slightly in front of the receiver. He had his hands on it, but. It, it, he he was outstretched, and there's no way he could have made that catch. But the trajectory of the ball and the velocity of the ball is just too much. So they lost to Arizona. But USC, wow. they beat Colorado, I think it's 55 17. So they're riding contention, and they have the big ball game against UCLA in Pasadena this weekend. So that's a rivalry game. And U- USC
1: is really the only hope now on the West Coast. You're right. Well, uh, was it wasn't awake for that one, AP? It was uh <laughs> yeah, late one. As I uh, just said, it was a late very one. Very <laughs> late. I, I Arizona, covered the and I, yeah, and I covered the LPG event, LPGA event, won by Nelly Corda. So I had spent Saturday and every other day this past week at the golf course in nearby Bel Air, Florida, and uh, so pretty tired <laughs> after uh, each night after a day of walking on the golf course. But anyway. Thank you for clarifying that Uh, USC, UCLA. So USC is basically the only hope for the Pac-12, and basically one loss, and it was a really super close one to Utah, I believe. And yeah, so I mean, not a horrible loss. Utah's a good team, so you never know. No, no, and they might have a chance to uh, redeem themselves against
3: Utah if they're in the championship game of the Pac-12.
1: Correct, correct. Well, AP, USC, UCLA, that game is a game that I've loved my whole life, my whole life, going back to literally, you know, the 60s and, uh, you know, Gary Beban winning the Heisman, that type of stuff. <laughs> right, uh, It correct. really does. Right. O.J. Simpson, of course, had maybe the most famous run of his life. I think it was 63 yards, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. I can still practically visualize it all these years later. And yeah. uh, j- again, just always, you know, one of my favorite games. Period. Um, yeah, you know, it's a great ball game. It really is. Yeah, no, pageantry, all of it, uh, just really, it's right behind the Rose Bowl is one of my favorite college football events every year. Or so, uh, I'm glad we touched on it because it's going to be worth watching this Saturday, that's for sure. And, uh, AP, uh, the, and the other, um, game of interest of note in my mind was LSU, Arkansas, tough game, say the least, uh, nip and tuck the whole way, but LSU pulled it out. And now they're, uh, you know, they, they've reinv- you know, reinvented their season now, um, you know, with beating Alabama, game that you covered just last week. And uh, so, yeah, LSU is, you know, uh, in the mix. Probably won't make the college football playoff, but, you know, they're not dead yet.
3: No, they, they have to win out. I mean, they've, they've won the SEC Western Division in Brian Kelly's first year uh, in Baton Rouge, and if they can mm-hmm. win the SEC championship game against Georgia, John, I think they are in the playoff. They would knock out Tennessee. Because Tennessee is rooting hard for Georgia to win out because they'll have the one loss against Georgia. And uh, LSU, if they defeat Georgia, it would probably be LSU, uh, Georgia, the winner of the Ohio State Michigan game, and possibly TCU if they win. Or if USC wins out, they have a chance as well. So there's still some a lot of fo- football to be played with uh, significance concerning the college football playoffs and the four teams that will be selected by the
1: 13-person uh, committee. Yes, and notably, AP, uh, I believe if LSU would be selected for the Final Four, they would be the first two-loss ever team ever to go. Is that correct? That would be,
3: right, in this era, I believe that's true, John. I think that's right.
1: true. On the, I'm pretty this sure. That- with the two losses, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm quite sure about that actually and uh yeah. that would be something so they have a lot to play for and again they had their hands full the other day with Arkansas no doubt about that the game was in Fayetteville yeah. so it was a good game. Yeah, yeah I watched or yeah, uh, watched something.
3: Best defensive effort this year by Arkansas I mean to slow them down LSU to 13 points You know, LSU had scored 45 on the road to Florida. Forty-five mm-hmm. at home against Ole Miss, and then thirty-two against Alabama in overtime.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was uh, again just really, uh, you know, a good ball game. Went down to the end where a freshman defensive lineman basically took over the game at the end. He channeled his inner Von Miller and just basically was sacking the Arkansas quarterback with a serious closing Uh, I mean the way he closed in on him I was like whoa Um, so that's how it ended but AP we've come to the end of our second segment together one more to go still a few more things to get to which we'll do on the other side
2: Follow us on Twitter at Voice TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though, so this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America
2: Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. stimulating
1: talk gets those synapses in your brain spine really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com
0: you are listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers SEC football and many other sports as well. And speaking of many other sports, A.P., my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the State Farm Classic tomorrow night, which is uh, a great usher, ushering in of the college basketball season for me every year, for everybody. Uh, Kentucky, Michigan State, followed by Kansas, Duke, Kansas defending national champions, and uh, AP, it's it's a great night of college basketball. For me, personally, it's always sort of the beginning of college basketball. It's already underway, but, you know, not a whole lot of competitive games other than the game on Friday on the aircraft carrier was pretty cool with, again, Michigan State and Gonzaga. But AP, I, we both love our college sports, uh, not only football, but also basketball. And here we are, like, uh, with, again, just... Every year, it's just great matchups. It feels like it's these four teams almost every year. Um, but yeah, uh, what are your thoughts as we head into the college basketball season? And of course, uh, you, you know you you're all over the SEC, of which Kentucky is a <laughs> banner member on the basketball front, to say the least. What what are your right. early thoughts? Yeah, Kentucky's one of the favorites this
3: year, of course, to win the SEC. Uh, strong rebounding, and and then you look
1: at this uh, Duke team as a new coach, right? A new coach. Uh, uh, coach when's Shish- the last time we? W- when's last? When's the last time we said that? AP, <laughs> never in our oh, lifetime. My gosh. I think. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's been <laughs> decades, right? Decades. Over thirty years. Yes, for sure. Yeah, geez, that you, I hadn't even thought of that. You just sort of like hit, hit me over the head with that one. Like, wow! <laughs> I, certainly, I, yeah, I, I just could... hadn't thought about it. Like I said. The, just now turning attention to college basketball and no, no more coach K. It's hard to believe I've interviewed him to say he was a complete gentleman and a great interview would be an understatement. And one of my, the highlights of my journalism career period. So, wow. Uh, Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So welcome to
3: college basketball, the new coach of Duke. (laughs) John Shire, right? Yeah, with three with three people have won national championships. Correct.
1: Exactly. Yes. Uh right, John Calipari, uh Bill Self and Tom Izzo. Yeah, it's it's just a great lineup, two great games. Again, you know, it's just uh it's worth turning into on a Tuesday night, to say the least. Um AP, what do you see in down the SEC? Of course, Kentucky's favorite. Let's not forget, they were bounced out early in the NCAA tournament last year, and I think it still stings. They have a lot to prove after that because they were highly favored, and they have oh the goodness. great big man, right? Yeah,
3: they're right. They, they do, yeah. So, you know, John, they, they lost to the number 16 team. Right. St. <laughs> Saint, Saint Peter's, right? First time, right? That's,
1: that's what that's got St. Peter's go. I
3: think that's the first time on the men's side, right?
1: No, I actually think the first one ever AP uh was when UMBC beat Virginia. And oh, okay,
3: that was that was the one. And then they and then they won it the next year right Virginia. That was a great story, right? right. They didn't they win it the next year after they lost
1: Just the first time a, as the one seed to the 16. A fabulous a fabulous story AP and not only did was it the first ever, I believe, 16 over 1. Virginia was the number one overall seed, like number one in the entire tournament, not just number one in in the region. Uh, um, And uh, and the reason I know that so well, AP, was I was sitting, having dinner in Caesars, Las Vegas, of all places. And (laughs) as dinner drew to a close, I looked at, I, I checked the scores, and all of a sudden I saw there was about 10 minutes left in that game. Uh, right. UMBC upset. I'm in Caesars. It's whatever, seven, eight at night, finishing up dinner. And I looked at that and I said, We need to finish dinner immediately because we need to get over to the sports book to watch <laughs> what will be the biggest upset <laughs> in the history of college basketball. This side of Chamonix right. beating Virginia decades ago and Ralph Sampson. Right. So AP right. we went running. Went over, we did that, we got over, still seven, eight minutes left to go in the game, and AP, I'll never forget it, because, number one, it was packed, people were going crazy, but more importantly, UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore campus. (laughs) Uh, They were having an alumni party there, so former players were literally dancing on the tables in the last five minutes in Caesar's Sportsbook in Las Vegas, that is a oh thing you don't forget. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, that's unforgettable.
3: John, that was was. K- Kentucky was a two and St. Peter's was a fifteen last year. It was a two and oh. a fifteen.
1: Okay. All right. I, I knew it was I knew it was along those lines. And of course, that yeah. game just launched Saint Peter's on one of the great tournament runs in history, to put it mildly. And I, I loved it because St. Peter's has played in the past when I was growing up. My college, Saint Francis College, of Pennsylvania, and Saint Peter's was like a you know big time a big time basketball school then. We're going back a ways yeah. here, so yeah. So Saint Peter's been on my radar my entire life. So I loved their run last year, to say the least. New Jersey, yeah, yeah that was <laughs> yeah, right. New Jersey versus Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, it was that was a big
3: game uh, back in those days, but. Very St. Big. Peter's, that was a fun team fun team to watch last year.
1: Oh, my gosh, um, yes. You know, K- Kentucky fans will never forget. <laughs> uh, exactly. So, yeah, Kentucky. Um, ESPN's been doing a really nice sort of behind-the-scenes thing with them. And, uh, you know, like a special on Calipari, how he runs the program, things like that. And it was just cool. Um, but, yeah, AP, here we are. College basketball—it should be fun again, and I'm sure you'll be all over it like you are all over football, uh, especially in the SEC. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good run. Be
3: real competitive, John. It'll be real. A lot of a lot of good teams: Alabama, Auburn, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky. Uh, those are just a few, uh, half a dozen or so. But you know, it'll be real competitive. LSU with a new coach. I mean. Uh, some other teams and new coaches so yeah it'll be fun to watch this year
1: oh it's going to be great it's going to be great well AP on that note now that we've given everybody something to look forward to um, I want to thank you for calling in we're at the end of our uh, show together but great job as always and we appreciate your expertise and perspective thank you John my pleasure thank you AP and as always thank you all for listening to All Around Sports